straight in with the recording. And he's not messing around. <laughs> How are you, pal? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I've had to come out on my break. <laughs> oh, I thought I'll have a little part of Guinness. And I'm fine. He's in the pub. <laughs> I thought, mate, I'm gonna t- I'm, I'm, I'm into beans, mate. I'm gonna have to sit and have a part of Guinness and interview him and catch up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Respect. Respect. How are you? I'm good, man. I didn't realise it was you. Yeah, Talk to mate. me, Darby. Talk to yeah. me, Darby. is full of wonderful people living meaningful lives doing excellent things in order to survive every human is born with a big kind heart and the capacity to have it broken in half it's burning collapsing you good yeah very well mate very well good i mean man. i'm not sitting in a pub garden but i'm all right all the same hey i was i was laugh treating you cool yeah Getting ready um, for the album. I mean, as you can see, I'm surrounded. Can you see? Or have I turned my... No, no. You don't have to turn the video on. No. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you could see that. Got me boxes. Boxes packed of all the vinyls going out. You know, getting that prepared to ship. So, uh, busy, but good, yeah. Talk me through the new album then. Survival of the Friendliest. It's uh, it's the nicest album I've ever written and recorded. It's uh, after being... I was just sick and tired of bad news, basically. And there's so many opinions and so much shit going on in the world. I just couldn't be bothered to get stuck into it at all. So I, re- I stopped looking at social media, read a couple of really positive books and just, you know, just sort of tuned myself into that spirit and, uh, you know, wrote about why I think humans are brilliant and why, you know, like I think we'll survive and, why I love living life, basically. It's a, it's a, not a very personal record. It's more about, you know, like the whole shebang than it is me and my opinions on Brexit or whatever. Um, but, um, yeah, it feels good. You know, I didn't know what else you could put out into the world in, in, in its current state. Um, so this is, you know, this is me. This is where I'm at. Did you feel that the world needed a bit of positivity? There's a lot of, I think last time we spoke, we spoke about like lockdown and we were talking about how people are writing about lockdown and it's influenced so much. Did you feel like it needed some positivity from? Yeah, um, I don't think anybody wants to fucking hear about that anymore. You know, <laughs> like not even in interviews. Like, I mean, it's just like, we just, just reserve that for the past. Um, uh, yeah, yeah I've, well, I mean, I don't know whether it's what, you know, I'm not, you know, it's not Bill and Ted. I'm not claiming it's going to save the world. Um, but it's certainly helped me. And uh, and it's the, about the only, yeah, positivity is the only thing that I felt. I was, also think that because, I think this is why art can be really helpful because mm. I, I'd already kind of covered Brexit, climate catastrophe and coronavirus. It was like, I'd sort of like got my head around them. And was like, I, you know, I can't sing about them anymore. I'm going to move on. And that's mm. not that I don't believe these things aren't important or that, you know, like I'm, mm. I'm not denying that, that there's trouble ahead. But it's, it feels like if you need to, um, I don't know, if, if there is a hope out there, then we've certainly got to get ourselves sort of spiritually and mentally sound and safe, you know, before we can tackle big problems. We can't just be spreading fear and hate constantly so yeah you know it's it's, it's an opt- optimistic spin on the modern day i guess it's it's a tradition that obviously on the on the first of december each year we have a new beans on toast album 
do you still find the writing process and, and doing that the same as it changed and and how has it changed weirdly due to um due to more kind of practical um so no no historically i would record my album in september and like i said i always do it annually so it's all really it's normal i spend the whole time writing i record it in september and then you know it comes out in december but in in the summer this year i was warned by the guy who like manufactures the vinyl for me he got in touch he said look there's this massive weight on vinyl and it's gonna get worse he's like if you want vinyl for to release in december i need your album finished mixed and mastered by july at the very latest and i was like cool all right so i sort of put the phone down finished writing the last song for the album <laughs> phone down guitar up was like right okay and then and then i just and at that point i had i didn't know who i was going to record it with where i was going to record it but all of a sudden i knew i needed to do it now so i just got on the phone and just like uh blaine from the mystery jets who I hadn't spoke to in years literally years i was like i wonder if he's still got the same phone number from 2002 you know just text him find out and he did and he was like yeah i'd love to you know like and and i'm free so we booked a studio and then i was just imagined musicians in my head that i knew imagine matt i was like who would be good playing this it was like, oh, there's this great girl, Sarah, brilliant gospel singer, great on the fiddle. I was like, I'll just text her. Voice notes. I love a voice note. I was like, hi, I know I haven't seen you for four years. It's been on toast. I'm recording an album. Do you want to do it? Everybody said yes. Literally everybody said yes. And um, we all got together. Uh, uh, we started in summer solstice, uh, so 21st of June. Yeah, we recorded over two weeks. And by the end of July, the album was recorded mixed mastered gave it to the manufacturing guy and they're here look right there. <laughs> mate Class. on vinyl i actually got them a, i got them a month before release after that and not you know not wanting to brag but taylor swift couldn't align her digital release with her vinyl release because of the delay in printing vinyl in fact, not many people have had their vinyl out of time. I got mine a month early because I hit every deadline. It was like, all right. So that kind of changed that. I've been recording it at a different time of year. Changed uh, a, a little bit. Of it. it was really nice. I mean, it would have normally been, we recorded it over what would have been Glastonbury weekend, which has always been a very spiritual and like sort of amazing week. For as long as I can remember, I've been at Glastonbury that weekend. It was, you know, the first time that, I wasn't, and uh, I'll definitely be recording albums on fallow years at Glastonbury. <laughs> if there's no Glasto, I'm in the studio now. Yeah, you sang about not being at Glastonbury, didn't you? Yeah, but I went. That was just you know, it was a long time ago. I still got a gig <laughs> that year after I'd written the song. <laughs> What's it sound like? Is it is it any different to to previous albums? Yeah, it is. I mean, Blaine from the Mystery Jets. I sort of, I guess, I I got him on board because I was thinking a bit more sort of epic sounds uh, and as with the last few records you know my songs are really simple same songs i've always been writing and i just let blaine and the guy called jack flanagan um sort of recreate the music underneath and it's you know they've done the songs a really good service because it's it's sort of fun epic super upbeat and uh yeah and kind of it just doesn't it, it just sort of like 
gets the job done without getting in the way. And yeah, I mean, I'd like to think all my albums are different from each other. And at the end of the day, they're all the same as well, because once I start singing over the top, it's sort of always going to sort of lead it down a, a certain path. But um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of it. And the, and the, um, the recording process was like bordering on like a spiritual experience, mm. you know, like, it was in this new house that I'd moved, only just moved into. And we was like quite close to the sea. So we'd go swimming in the sea. We'd watch these sunsets and then come back. And we was recording in like thunderstorms. We had like, there were loads of birds were getting, coming out of their nest that was born, that were born and like, we was watching these little birds learn how to fly <laughs> and then coming in and singing songs about trees and birds. So it was like pretty spectacular week. A week I will never forget. Yeah. It's, it's moving away influenced you and yeah, and the album yeah yeah well i mean the whole album since i got here um you know where i am now is like a sort of art studio at the bottom of the garden of the house so you know we sort of the classic can't got out price from london but by moving out i've sort of been granted a lot more space than than ever before so i have this sort of room to sort of work from and the whole the whole album was was written here half of it was recorded here and now it's getting packaged and posted to set, send out so certainly the kind of um that side of it's but yeah and the i think with the moving out it was we moved out right in the middle of the lockdowns and stuff like that so it was like that was when i was like stop looking at social media start reading some good books i read a book called um Humankind by Rutger Bregman. Uh, really amazing book. That's where I got the title of the album. And just kind of like, yeah, just managed to sort of step out of the, you know, I generally write about the everyday. And, and this isn't an album about that. This is an album about humanity as a whole, if anything. So it was sort of like managing to get out of the city and have a bit more time for myself and be really, when we moved, nothing was open. There's a wood behind and there's the, the coast right there. So it's really like way more in tune with nature than or sort of more closer to nature than I had been. And that, you know, there's more songs about trees on this record than there is on the others. And there's a lot of songs about <laughs> trees on the other records. <laughs> you know, with social media, so for, for what I do, I hate social media, but I feel like I've got to be on it. Do you, what's your thoughts on social media? Because if if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, I wouldn't have any social media, but I feel like I've got to to promote what I'm doing and stuff. I think I say the same thing, but I think that's easy to say. Because I was like, oh, if I didn't need to post photos of myself online, I wouldn't. And kind of like for a long time, you'd be like, why would you post it if you're not trying to show it? But I think that's just, you know, like, not only am I posting pictures of myself online, I pay a professional photographer to come and take photos <laughs> of me, post them online. So I look particularly good. You know, it's like, um, I, I think everybody has that. I mean, with social media, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, can you? You know, it's out now. It's, 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 it's happened. And, uh, and it is, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how the world used to operate before it. I don't know how you could sell records or get people to come to your gig. But you fucking tour flyering first. It's like, I don't know. It's like, and I operated in the world before social media, and I still can't imagine what it is like. Um, so I, 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 there's no point. I can't see the point of bitching and complaining about it. I mean, like, I try not to, you know, get sucked in, but I certainly do. Like this morning, you know, before I, you know, 
got my daughter up or spoke to my wife, I would imagine I sort of scrolled through Twitter and read some row about something that has absolutely nothing to do with me. And I know that's a bad way to start start the day, but I fucking still do. Uh, but I've just managed to, I think with the, because I knew, I, I knew that none of that was going to help in the writing of this album, I managed to purposely get, you know, distance myself. And that's weird that you can't just, you know, I'm sure I loved it. It's weird that you can't just do that all the time. Just be like, yeah, well, I just won't, won't do it. But it's weird, isn't it? I mean, I can almost feel the fucking pull of it. My phone's just there. You can almost do it. You can do it while you're chatting to other people, can't you? Just like, well, I wonder if, wonder if there's anything going on on my phone. No, there's not. Right. So, yeah, you know, I'm as addicted as everybody else. It's crazy, isn't it? The, um, it's, it's absolutely crazy. On the touring sides, I know, obviously, alongside every album that comes out in December, there's always a tour. That's obviously been curtailed last year. Is that something you missed? Yeah, man, of course. I mean, but at the same time, it's like, I didn't complain about it. It's the same, like a lot of people kept on saying to me, oh, you must be really gutted that you're not doing mm. festivals this year or you're not going to Glastonbury. And it's like, I've been to Glastonbury fucking 20 odd times. You know, like <laughs> I can take a couple of years off. If The people I was worried about is the 19 year old that was going to go for their first time. Yeah. That's sad. You know, me, not, I mean, yeah, I miss touring. Like, I do it all the fucking time. I'm, you know, I'm going on tour now. I could wait. I could wait a year. You know, like mm. so. I had for everything for all the shit that was going on in the world. I realised I was, you know, like I I had it pretty good, really. And you know, I I just I just made sure that I didn't whinge about anything about lack of touring because I knew that I'd kind of, you know, I knew that I'd I'd also established a good enough kind of touring route and connections that the minute that it was possible to happen again that it that it will happen again and it will and i'm coming to derby and there's only 30 tickets left for the venue so it's down to you now to get rid of those 30 tickets <laughs> well i'll sell to me derby to me derby you've been good enough to do this i'll sell the venue out for you <laughs> yeah get it up get it up How, when's this going online tomorrow oh perfect oh mate right well, they'll be gone by Monday then. People <laughs> yeah, right. If I you're listening. You. In fact, there's only 27 tickets now already. They're going <laughs> down. Quick. But you, did a, you did a lot to help the venue. Obviously, uh, we both know Brat at the venue and and all the independent venues around the country. You did a lot to help independent venues. Um, have you known venues that you've played at for by the wayside during lockdown because of struggling? Um, I know more that have survived. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, like I think that and I think that's a real testament to how important they are. You know, the venues that have, um, you know, when the venues turned around to the general public and said, we need your help and set up crowdfunders and how people rushed to help them proved just how important ins these institutions are to people's lives, you know, because they was willing to spare what they could to keep them afloat. And you know, most of them did stay afloat. I mean, let's be honest, there was government funding there as well. Uh, you know, I hate the tourists as much as everybody, but, <laughs> when, you know, like when they're paying that much money out, it's got to be acknowledged. I mean, if anything, it proves to me that that money should be there for the arts anyway. But that's a longer story. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, and I also think how people have kind of, you know, come rushing back to it. In, with such excitement you know when we sell those last 30 tickets between me and you that will be the biggest show that i've done in dub wow 
So, you know, it, 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 people have come back with with an excitement and people are people did miss gigs and and, you know, and they're, and they're excited to get back. And the gigs, I mean, I, I've played quite a lot of gigs, you know, since the shit show. And the first, certainly the first one's back. It was like the first gigs back were better. You know, they were better than gigs yeah. before because it was like playing people's get out of jail party. People were like, <laughs> fuck! It's like, I was just like loving it. Literally loving it, just the simplest stuff. And, and you know, it, it was just like nothing was taken for granted. And I don't feel that I ever took playing a gig or what I do for a living for granted. I always loved mm. gigging. But, you know, like when you get out there and everyone's like, ah, you know, like no one's taking fucking nothing for granted. I I loved it, you know. And I, yeah, I, as much as I've done loads of gigs, I haven't done a, a proper like, put the stuff in the van we're going on tour you know and that yeah. is ha- that's happening in two weeks you know i'll be that that ball will be rolling so yeah i can't wait i was gonna ask you do you think it's come back stronger because i know brett the venue had i think four sold out shows in about 10 days and people are just going crazy for it my little brother's in a band and he oh, every night he's like i'm in leicester i'm watching a gig i'm here i'm watching a gig i'm here watching a gig do you feel like it's come back stronger because like you say people have come out from it and they're like they're loving it yeah, I think it's like it's just sort of pent up, isn't it? I, I mean, it'll probably level out, isn't it? Maybe everybody's got like this capacity of shows that they want to watch, and they're just collecting it up, and then this bit, they're sort of dishing it all out. Oh, I've got to get twice as much in in this December. I mean, there's also it's also meant that it's a really exciting time for music, anyway. Like everyone's touring, everyone's releasing music. You know, some of my, and that's the world over. My my sort of cup of tea is like. Uh, sort of modern outlaw country singers in the states and like they're not big they don't they don't really release many albums they're like three or four years they might get a new album every single one of them's released an album. <laughs> no, it's just because everyone had that time and now everyone wants to get back out so it's like there's a mix of there being loads of gigs loads of music happening it's it's the natural answer to you know to not being allowed to do something isn't it come back and do it the minute that you are you know so you see completely why it's happened you're coming to Derby in, in a few weeks. It's um, in December the 16th, is it? If you say so. so I've got the dates in front I'm, of me. I'm yeah, sure. Sounds yeah, about I'm right. Sure it sounds about right. This question is twofold. First of all, what's your favourite thing about Derby when you come? And second of all, are we going to the Hairy Dog after for a part of Guinness? I mean, that's two yeses. Um, my <laughs> favourite... <laughs> God, because the last time I was in Derby was the Corbin gig, wasn't it? When Corbin... Yes. Fucking lost on stage. Yeah. Oh my I did, god! I did. A, I did an election special with you. Can you remember? Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine I was very optimistic about Corbyn saving. Well, fuck! Oh god, that's going to be quite a. Uh, that's going to be quite an emotional one. Then you know that was. Uh, uh, yeah, he. We we got the results in literally while I was on stage. On, you know, live like, on stage, jo- yeah. Yeah, Joel at the merch stand was like, "It's not looking good." <laughs> and then we definitely ended up the fucking hairy dog that night. Um, so yeah, you know we will go. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll have flashbacks of that of that night. I do love the venue. What do I love about Derby? My my um, there's a band called Cable from Derby. Yes. And uh, when I was like, they were one of my favourite bands when I was a teenager. Uh, you know, everybody loved all the sort of American rock bands and stuff. Me and my mates, we loved Cable and a. A London band called Seafood, but because Cable was from Derby, and that was all I knew about Derby, I thought Derby was cool as fuck. Like, <laughs> and, and then you went there. <laughs> it was like 
LA or something to me. And I like, I just sort of built it. I, all I knew was these songs. And I was like, what an amazing place. And I, it was even before I went there, I think I actually met the singer um, from the band at one of his gigs, who, you know, sort of cornered him and started chatting to him. And he said that he lived in London. And I was like, what about Derby? You know, like, <laughs> you, you live in Derby, isn't it great in Derby? And he was like, well, you know, it's where I'm from, but you know, it's not, you know, like, it's not my favorite place. It's like, really sort of burst the bubble. And I was like, oh, man. Um, so Cable are probably my favourite thing about Derby. For, for, and it is, you know, I haven't spent a huge amount of time there, but um, I also nearly died in the hairy dog. <laughs> what? I nearly died in the hairy dog. I nearly got killed. I was out on a, on a, on a crazy night, and... I don't know whether this is whether this is too hardcore for your listenership, but I was it was back in my hedonistic days, and I was trying to I was trying to buy drugs in the toilet of some fucking beefy dude, and I used to carry around a for shits and giggles. I used to carry around a plastic police badge in my wallet, <laughs> and I'd sometimes use it with a kind of trick of the eye to get past security or sort of calm people down in bad scenarios, and. Uh, and I, as I took some money out of my wallet to sort this guy out, he, he spied the police badge and he thought I was under an undercover policeman. He picked me up by my throat and smashed me against the wall of the toilets in the hairy dog. And, uh, and I was like, it's fucking plastic. It's plastic. I'm not a cop. And, uh, and I talked him down and he, saw, he looked to the, and he was like, I nearly put your head through that urinal. And I could see it. And I don't know what the guy had done, but he was like, it was like, I'm not going back to prison sort of vibe. Like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you before I go back. Um, I talked him down. And I didn't know it was, it was like a reggae night. I was just, me and my wife were just on this mental night. It was like a reggae night. And I'd always remember that. And then when we went to the hairy dog after the Corbin thing, and I walked in, I was like, this is where the... I was like, this is where I nearly died. This is where, the, this is where they had the reggae night. I didn't know it was the same place. Right, so I had flashbacks of that. So I don't know if you want to censor that for the licensing point of the hairy dog, but uh, that's the truth from where I'm standing. It got, it got shut down recently um, because of a lot, but I think it, it's reopened and... Uh, oh, new the management. Toilet. There you go. Yeah, new management. They've done the toilets up in that, so it's different oh, okay. Now. <laughs> no more flashbacks. Yeah. It's one of them, Joe, when you go in, you go, under new management, what they've done, you think, Oh, right, they've, they've retiled the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what's sad. <laughs> I nearly retiled it with my face. <laughs> mate, I'll take you for a pint after the, after the show, mate. It's been amazing as ever. And we'll catch Sounds up good. when you come in a few weeks. Yeah, make sure you send me the link to this so we can get it out and sell those tickets. We'll sell out Derby and it'll be a beautiful thing. 100%. Thank you for your time, mate. Nice one. Speak to you then. Bye, mate. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> There's a storm brewing, darling, and there's nowhere to hide. And every time the world needs saving, there's a nappy that needs changing. I've got some bills that need paying. I'm just gonna keep on singing because life goes on and on and on and on and on. Life goes on And I'll take a step back Try to see things differently Cause there's also an opinion That in fact we're doing brilliantly There's never been a safer time